What's up, good people in podcast land? Welcome to Convene. I'm your host, Chris Penrose. Convene is a conversation series with a narrative arc. Since 2017, we have brought the creative community in Toronto together to dive into topics ranging from creative direction and visual storytelling to contracts, pricing your work, and space to create. This podcast is dedicated to sharing the audio from those conversations. Just a heads up, when people get passionate about sharing knowledge, sometimes they throw some explicit language in there. So there's some of that in this episode. Enjoy. On this episode, we are sharing a conversation titled Making Your First Photo Book, which took place in Free Space in Toronto in partnership with the Creator Class in May of 2018. For most photographers, the idea of publishing a photo book is a major goal. Some of the questions that come to mind and hold us back are, should I do it? When will I be ready? And how do I even go about it? To unpack all of this, I sat down with Craig Hackey, who is a creative director and photographer based in the Bay Area. He was bringing his first photo book, Come As You Are, on a multi-city tour when we spoke. The book, which is all shot in stunning black and white, was photographed, in Craig's words, as he, quote, roamed the downtown streets of San Francisco and Oakland, looking for a sign or a connection to what I was feeling through my photography. Here's our conversation. I mean, so my mom's nickname is, uh, is actually Kodak Moment. And so, you know, I have like books on books. That's my grandma's nickname too. Oh, word. <laughs> Not for real. She just made us like take a million pictures. Yeah, exactly. That's, like, that's no, 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 I didn't get it yet. Keep trying. No, no. Like, yeah, yeah. That, that, so that, that was my mother, you know, and um, she was always documenting, you know, all different kinds of uh, just our lives. You know what I mean? She wasn't really taking pictures of landscapes or, or anything like that. And so um, from there, I just understood, you know, that uh, the, the just capturing the moment. You know what I mean? And, and needing to capture the moment because they're, I mean, as, you know, a uh, great photographer said, right, the fleeting moment, they're always, they're always fleeting. So um, I think I, as a kid, I hated it. You know what I mean? I did not always like to pose for pictures, but, you know, as I grew into a teenager, into an adult, it was, you know, just something that uh, stuck with me and I always wanted to document, you know, the moment because, I mean, we don't, we don't know how long we're going to be here, man. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's so true. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about your work itself. And there's this, I picked up, I don't know if this is intentional, but themes of kind of people and mm-hmm. really like raw moments, mm-hmm. but also like they look very raw, but also very like loving as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's these pictures of the cityscape that yep. always feel like the city is a, alive, like it's a person, it's a character. And then you have the this other theme of like, nature and, yeah. and really kind of capturing the like, magnificence of it. It always looks like kind of glorious. Um, Thank you, man. Yeah. So I'm wondering what about capturing the moment mm-hmm. and that kind of mindset informs how you take pictures of people, how you take pictures of the city, yeah. and how you take pictures of the natural environment. Yeah, I mean, I, honestly, and, and I've actually um, had this question before, you know, because a lot of the times I tell photographers, you know, kind of pick one thing and one subject mm-hmm. matter and kind of stick to it, you know, but I feel like for me, it's like I know how to operate the camera and I see beauty and even despair and you know and, and everything and I want to capture again back to what we were talking about with my mom wanted to capture that moment. Um, for me, I I think it's just the world that I live in, you know what I mean, is this mix of sort of 
gritty city life, you know, like living in the Bay Area. I mean, you have this sort of gritty city life and then you have this beautiful nature and this beautiful architecture and things like that. And so um, it was a thing that, you know, I just, again, needed to to, to capture, to interpret. And uh, they influence, influence each other in a way that there's beauty in it all. You know what I mean? And I really just like my goal in in life or with my photography is really just to capture it and to be able to tell that story. Um, nature is important. You know, people are important, right? Um, cities are important. And so to be able to, to, to capture that and kind of the way that I see it, you know, because I'm not, I'm a good, I'm a, I'm a good speaker, you know, but I'm not a great writer. And so I always want to be to show people, you know, sort of through my, my vision, if you will. And, uh, that's kind of where, um, I guess, you know, it, it all intersects it's just like, I'm, I'm here. This is beautiful. I need to capture this, you know, Do you get a feeling when you see something that 100% what's that feeling? I can't, I mean, I wish I could describe it. Yeah, I don't know if there's some photographers here in the room. I mean, it's, it's, it is very difficult to describe it. You know, it's like, it is like, uh, I don't, I, yeah, it's, it's almost, so I played sports a lot, you know, and um, we, especially like lacrosse, basketball, things like that, which is what I played. Uh, lacrosse? I did play lacrosse. Yeah, I man. Yeah, like, big, big time yeah, lacrosse I played player. for one year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like, there are, as long as you're like arms length, you can swing the stick at someone. Yeah, it's a wild times, sport. Ten yeah. times, twelve times, and like cross check. Like in yeah. hockey, I played hockey. That, that was rough. And like you can't cross check people in lacrosse. It's like, you yeah, could, yeah, you, you could lay some people out. Steam and like you can put that bar into someone's side and you see can. what you can do to them. Yeah. So for. Uh, Ten years, better than ten, twelve years. I did that. Yeah, and so, <laughs> I gave it up. Yeah, quick. Yeah, I see that. I mean, I play defense. Don't play offense. Um, but uh, you know, in, that was my mistake. Uh, see, I was trying to go. score goals. Got you. Got you. Yeah, I think you could play the defense, and then you could be doing the one to you know be be the one hitting uh, people or whatnot. But in in lacrosse, I mean, our coach always taught us to anticipate. Yeah. instead of react you know and so you know if you study a player and you study you know the the position of that player and then you know you can kind of understand what they might do next you know um and i think a lot of the instinct that i have in photography comes from that you know this this ability to be able to anticipate like what may happen more so for the street photography i mean not for the nature you know nature it's like you, you go to a beautiful scene you wait for the right light you capture the photo um but in street photography i get this feeling where it's just like i'm, I'm anticipating this person is about to make some sort of move and the feeling is is somewhere between for me anyway it's somewhere between like butterflies and goosebumps Mm. Uh, if that makes sense, you know, and so like I get this like weird feeling here and then I get this weird feeling in the back of my neck. I'm like, oh, picture. Yeah. And most of the time it works, you know. Yeah. It's I asked that because I mean, I'm sure everybody has their own kind of feeling. Like for me, it's almost like it's an excitement, but yep. it's also like stress. Right. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like and I'll literally feel like I ha if I don't get what I saw. Yeah. It will like I that stress will stay with me. That's interesting. If I do yeah. get it, then I feel like relief. Okay, because yeah. sometimes for me, I there are pictures that I've seen and I didn't take, mm -hmm. and I, I I still capture that image, I guess, for myself. You know what I mean, in a way. But I I hear you. And on the street, definitely, there's times where I'm like, oh, I saw this perfect thing and, and I just didn't get it, and yeah, I got a little little worked up over that. But yeah. for the for the most part, for the most part, you know, it. it I feel 
regardless of whether I took it with my camera or, you know, with, with my eyes, with my mind, you know, I feel content. Yeah, um, that's interesting. Nasca, um, who introduced us, talks a lot about like the main, your main tool as a photographer is your eye. Sure, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, and, you know, we actually, uh, shout out to Nasca. I mean, I just came from Montreal and had a great talk with him. Um, and, you know, we talked um, a little bit about the fact that, you know, equipment doesn't matter. I mean, like nowadays, like there's so much gear envy and, you know, or, or uh, what is it, the gear acquisition syndrome, you know, they have names for these things now. And like, uh, really, yeah, the most important part is, is your eye. I mean, if you are a you know, a, a photographer, you should potentially be able to pick up any kind of camera, you know, and, and operate it. Um, and yeah, I think the eye is definitely the most important tool. Now, I want to go into um, Come As You Are. Yeah. I think what struck me the most about it was that there's a story behind it in terms of where you were at personally. Like you talk about mentally, emotionally, spiritually, yeah. being at a really um, heavy place. I think that is important to mm. share. Mm. I'm happy you are sharing that. Yeah. Can you tell us about yeah. what was that place like? Sure. And how did you get there? Um, I mean, it, it it's the worst place for me. So again, back to sort of my, my sports, you know, upbringing, like I don't take losses very easily, very lightly. I mean, much like anybody else, but um, at the time, so my wife and I, we run a creative agency and, you know, we work with all different kinds of clients and we were about to, sign a big partnership and sign a big deal. And that would have changed my life, you know, for, for financially anyway, um, and creatively as well. And it fell through, um, you know, at the last minute and some, uh, you know, relationships uh, fell through as well. And so I was in this just deep depression, you know, because, you know, you go from this high point where you think, all right, today is going to be that day where my life changes and we're going to move forward, you know, and, and build this thing that I've had that I've envisioned for so long. And then it doesn't work, you know, and then, then, then it all falls apart. And so it was a dark place for me where, you know, I didn't really know what to do next. And so the only thing that I knew, the only thing that I knew what to do was to, to grab the camera and hit the street. Um, and it wasn't even so much about going to capture photography. It was just about getting out of the house, um, you know, because we work from home. And so uh, I was in a very negative place and I was kind of searching for, um, you know, just acceptance, you know, because I mean, when you, when you fail, it, it, it just, it, it's, you, you just feel lesser. You just feel like a lesser person, right? And you're not, we know, you know, you all, we all know that you're not, especially when you, when you, you fail, like it's professionally, this isn't like I, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't get injured or anything like that. Right. And so, um, it was a, just a, a, a very dark place for me. And so again, the one thing that I knew what to do is just walk. And so I started just every day I would leave the house take the camera with me, no plan, no idea what it is that I wanted to capture, sometimes even where I wanted to go. And I would just it just walk and, and the street started to unfold to me. And what's interesting is that, you know, you look at some of the photos in, in the book, a lot of the people, you know, they're sad or somber and whatnot. And I, I was kind of trying to tell them in a way what I needed to hear. Mm. True enough. Yeah, you know? we do that a lot. Yeah. Um, and so in that walking, can you pinpoint a moment where this particular project came into fruition? Because I imagine the first photo you took on that walk wasn't important. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't the best. Yeah, no, it was um, It might have, you know, been like a sewer grate or a, <laughs> a fire hydrant or something. Right, right. Um, uh, was, was there a moment you can kind of pinpoint where 
you realized that what you were now doing was putting together a project. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a there's a particular photo of um, uh, a guy who's in a black you know jacket, looking very chill, in a, you know, in a way, and it almost can be maybe a fashion ad or something like that. But two days earlier, I saw him, and he's the craziest guy you've ever seen. You know what I mean? He's like throwing water everywhere. He's yelling at people. He's freaking the fuck out. I don't know if I'm allowed to curse. Am I? Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. I'm not sure where this audio is going to end up. So I'm, I'm just I'm making sure. <laughs> you can bleep that out if you need to. Uh, I'll try to censor myself from here on out, but probably not. Um, he was just, just so crazy, man. And it was just like, then I saw him in this position. He's got his hands in his pocket. He's leaning on the, you know, on the wall. And he was just looking so stoic. And I caught three frames of him and two of the frames are way off. And one frame was the one that I used and it, you know, it's a, it's a great frame in my opinion. And that's when it was just like, wow, you know, it hit me like these people are human, you know, they're, they're, yeah, I look at him and they're crazy and they're, they're going through some things, but like this dude is human and there's a human left in there and nobody's doing anything about it. You know, and like, and I don't know if you guys have ever been to San Francisco, but this is on market street. Um, which is like the, you know, the main street in San Francisco. It's like a, the Broadway, if you will, in New York. Um, and, you know, it's just, it's some of these people, it's almost like the walking dead, unfortunately. And so when I saw this guy looking stoic, I was like, man, this, there's, there's a human in there. Now with somebody in general, just taking a picture of someone you don't know on the street, yeah. um, that can be intimidating for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. To mm -hmm. take a photo of somebody who's in a more vulnerable situation mm -hmm. um, and who's who's not just like, you know, at the mall in a nice outfit and you ask them, hey, can I get a shot of you? You look great. Yeah. It's like someone who could be living on the street. It right. could be somebody who's dealing with addiction issues, mental health issues. Um, I guess what what is your approach to talking to people? Because I think a lot of photographers struggle with that. Yeah. Um, terms of getting permission for photos and mm -hmm. but also um that other layer of people who are probably at could be what's the roughest point of their life and you're there with the yeah. camera yeah um i i mean so once i you know i captured that photo and i started kind of going out and, and you know understanding what i was kind of looking for not necessarily that i had the book or the concept together at that point i was just knowing that i was looking for you know these this this kind of uh situation these kinds of people um i took the shoot first ask questions later policy um because for me you know i i really wanted to capture people in a natural sense you know i didn't want people posing or smiling or covering their face or you know even having the ability to say no to me and i think some people you know will maybe maybe think of that as disrespect but you know i thought i was doing a service and almost like photojournalism you know like i'm capturing these moments these people this city this street you know at this time and you know i think it was i felt that it was important because when people come and visit the bay area they don't necessarily know that this is a, a you know a huge problem i mean homelessness in in the bay area is an epidemic you know it's it's not it's not one or two people and it's not on the back blocks this is on the main block and so um i really wanted to be able to capture you know what it felt like you know to be on the street and so for that reason i got a you know a little bit smaller of a camera and um you know would just take pictures of people if they saw me I would go and talk to them and have a conversation with them and, and kind of get an understanding of where they were at. How important were those conversations to this project? Paramount. 
You know, I mean, so. I, I mean it, it was just so imp- because come as you are the entire premise, you know, and I know we'll get into that a little bit in, in, in detail, but like the whole idea was just, it was inspired by those conversations because I would, I would actually have talked to these people and I'm like, again, these people are human, you know, and, and a lot of, again, in the Bay area known for technology, you know, social media companies, large, you know, whatever. And, and, and most people just walk past this, uh, these people and, and to have these conversations with these people, man, and to, to really just understand their struggle was, it was, it was amazing to me because what I was going through meant nothing anymore. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Yeah. You know, there's um, a local MC who tweeted about having, you know, whatever a bad day. And he saw a picture of a man in a wheelchair mm. and his shirt read, I wish I was you. Mm, you that's know, heavy. It was just yeah. like perspective. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and so I'm thinking about, you know, you're in this really heavy place. Mm-hmm. You're seeing people that you probably, from what I'm gathering, kind of looked over. Like, ah, oh, that person yep. is crazy. Yep. I don't want any No eye contact. I'm <laughs> yeah, gonna, yeah, you smooth, know, yeah. And and then seeing like, wow, there's there's someone like me yep. in that person. Yeah. How how powerful and how important was that to your own kind of turnaround yeah. out of that curve, being able to see um, something redeemable and people you were looking past. Yeah. I mean, uh, it was an important in my evolution and in my growth at that time, because, you know, Bob Marley has his line, right? Every man, every man thinks his burden is the heaviest. And, you know, that's how I felt. And, you know, and I think that's how most of us feel when we're in a, in a low place, you know, but I think going out and understanding what other people are going through, you know, is to me, how you can, you know, how you can evolve. And I don't think that we do that enough. You know, I don't think that we have, I mean, there are a lot of people out there that have compassion for their fellow human, but I don't think that we have, you know, again, there's not enough of that. And so it inspired, again, the the premise and then what I wanted to to really encourage people to accept those who, who don't accept you or accept those, just accept people for who they are. Um, and so, it, again, it was so important for me to have that. I actually would have loved to have, maybe even publish some of those, those conversations. Um, but again, that, that wasn't, you know, what I'm, what I'm known for, or if you are, I'm not good at in terms of writing and things like that. But yeah, it was, it was very important. So this huge disappointment Mm -hmm. and kind of this depression leads to the walking, the walking leads to this moment where you are seeing this man that, you know, in this kind of stoic state Yeah, that leads to a project. Yeah. (laughs) At what point and how did the project um, become a photo, an idea or a desire yeah. or a plan for a photo book? So I think, so after uh, say two and a half months, three months of, of kind of doing this and then, you know, I got into other work as well. I'm a graphic designer. And so, you know, uh, after I would, um, finish, you know, my, my day work, if you will, uh, I continue to go out and then all of a sudden I just noticed the narrative. Um, you know, I noticed a, a, a connection between a lot of the photos and a lot of the people that I was taking photos of. And so everybody in the book is actually not homeless. Um, I mean, there are some, you know, there are, I'd say maybe 60% of the book maybe, but there, there's also just normal people that are walking the street, if you will. And, um, you know, once I had this larger collection of photos, um, I started to think of what brought them all together, what brought me to that point. Um, and then, you know, come as you are, of, of course, is influenced by the Nirvana song and, you know, that one line 
come, you know, soaked in bleach, doused in mud. Um, to me, it was like, and I heard that song a million times, much like anybody else. But like on this particular day, it was just like, man, that there it is, you know, that that hit me. Um, but I think it was really just looking at the collection of the photos and then not just digitally. I started, and I've never really done this before. I started to print them out and not professionally just print them on my inkjet printer, you know, or wherever I could, wherever I could print them out and start pasting them up on the wall. And other people started to notice the connection between them. You know, people come over the house. Uh, we also work and work from home. Our, our, uh, creative studio is there as well. And so people will come in and be like, you know, wow, these, these are amazing, you know, and, and. Um, they saw what I saw. And so I was like, all right, well, clearly there's a narrative. Clearly something's coming together. I need to do a project because now, you know, I need to get out of this sort of this, this the depression, if you will. And so um, that's how it, it started to form. So I feel like the question of how it becomes a photo book is yeah. still um, something I'm wondering because yeah you hadn't published a photo book before. If you right. were like, this is what I do, right? <laughs> right. You know, I've published, you know, published photo books, but you know, that could have easily been, oh, I'm going to do a gallery show, right. you know, or I'm going to, um, you know, do a social media like blitz and just yeah, hit, yeah. hit, you know, three lines, <laughs> you know, of these people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You made it a photo book. I, yeah. So what, what, what uh, was the seed for that or where did sure. that come from? How did that become a decision? It's funny, you know, because the, you said something about social media. So I tried to put them on social media. And what's interesting is that they actually, you know, didn't didn't really resonate so much with people. Um, you know, not that I'm a big measure or anything like that, but it was some of my lowest engagement, you know, on Instagram. I guess people love, you know, pretty landscapes and cars and you know, my things. favorite photos that i take get yeah. the least likes it's crazy right the, the that, one that hit that, that home for me, yeah, yeah you know that app there's some kind of app where you can like you plug in your insta feed and then it gives you like the top photos of the year uh, yeah yeah yeah, top, like, yeah people yeah. were doing that <laughs> yeah what was, so i'm like so curious what, what was gonna show up for me yeah none of my favorite photos none, it's like everything with none. my kids in it right 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 of course of course yeah they <laughs> that's what they want to see for you chris they don't want to see you yeah, yeah. They don't, nothing of me yeah. and nothing of my favorite pictures right my kids right right i mean yeah it it's it's and, and you're not the only photographer and i've talked to numerous other photographers and they say the same thing and you know i think that sort of added to you know not not added to my depression but you know what i mean added to my sadness i'm like shit man i took all these pictures and like nobody nobody's liking them right it must not be good um and then i actually randomly on one of my photo walks i walked into a gallery in downtown oakland and uh, i met this lady um who just was amazing you know in in, in terms of uh, giving me inspiration to, to actually, you know, she was like, your work is great. Um, and that meant a lot to me, you know, to, to hear from someone who curates art and has been curating art for the last, you know, uh, 25 years. And, um, you know, she was like, I would love to do something with you. And that kind of got the, the ball rolling for me. So what ended up happening was she was like, well, we can, let's do a gallery show. And I was like, that, that could be cool, but I don't necessarily know that anybody wants to buy these photos and hang them on their wall. You know what I mean? Like these aren't those kinds of photos that you want to decorate your apartment with. Right. Um, and so I was like, well, I'm going to print a bunch of these things and nobody's going to buy them. What am I going to do with them afterwards? And so the book actually came out of, uh, you know, I guess in some ways out of necessity, mm -hmm. um, that unfortunately that show ended up falling through because she had to close her gallery, uh, un unfortunately, um, because of, um, 
you know the landlords ended up pushing her out right right yeah and so real estate it, yes it was it was sad man it was very sad and it still is you know um it was a big blow to downtown oakland and to the, the downtown oakland art scene um she's since recovered and found a new space but for me it was like was well, now i've got this collection of photos i have this idea for a book you know the book is is coming together and it was called something different it was actually called raw reflections um because of this idea that i saw myself in some of these people um and it it was it wasn't quite the right title for me you know to to me i think yeah definitely now i hear that yeah comparatively and i didn't know the nirvana reference i was actually um like i see a lot of churches Ah. have like come as you are yeah especially like homeless kitchens and stuff like you'll always see that scripture like that's interesting come as you are yeah like no judgment zone right that's very interesting i mean and maybe that's where kurt cobain got it from me and uh he did you know he did write the song but um i'm not sure if you ever stepped in church or not but uh <laughs> he's seen one he's been... definitely seen that sign <laughs> he's, seen... <laughs> he's seen the call yeah that's, that's, he saw the sign uh yeah it, it was it, it, raw reflections just didn't quite because it was it was complicated you know it was like too deep and you know and so um my uh our agency is called few of many and i know we'll get a little bit into that a little bit later but uh it's basically based on essentialism which is about um paying attention to the vital few and leaving behind the trivial many and so i'm a minimalist you know by in my lifestyle and things like that and so come as you are just felt a lot more minimal you know and and, and you read it and you see the photos and it makes sense yeah. you know like raw reflections i had to explain it and people are like what the hell is that and so but yeah. it is alliteration yeah 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 <laughs> uh and so when when the, the the show fell through i was like you know i still may want to do the book i'd already printed uh a sample copy and um it, again i got hit with a you know a little bit of not 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 as deep depression as it was before but a little bit of sadness that it didn't work out and so i shelved the book so I mean, you're feeling definitely like, uh, like every time you're trying to <laughs> make a move forward. Yeah, like, yeah. Somebody open the door right. and there's a brick wall behind. Yeah, how it works? That how it works? You guys do like, yeah, you one step forward, somebody pulls you three steps back. Yeah, yeah you know, and then then momentum hits eventually. Right, right. It's right. like that. There's that little um, drawing you see a lot where it's like somebody digging. Yeah. Like the person that gave up. Right. Is like right there, just dig a little further. Like, yeah. You know, you never you never get where you're trying to go by giving up. Agreed for one hundred percent. That's that's bars right there. That's sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I did want to. I feel like you touched on it a little bit yeah. about printing the photos. Okay, one of yeah. my questions was going to be in terms of how you went about with the layout. Like, did you sure. have them digitally and you know start designing right away into like Photoshop pages, or yep. did you print them out? Um, yep. And I think um, talking a little bit about that process um i think is really important to anyone who is thinking about putting together a photo book yeah sure so i um wanted to create the again sort of minimalist idea i wanted to create the the easiest way for me to be able to turn this into a book um and so i ended up i printed it i i printed a few of them out put them on the wall loved it i was like all right these are starting to string together and then actually lightroom has a book uh module and so you can go into Lightroom and you can create a, um, it's not a playlist, uh, you can create a collection and then you can make that collection into a book. And so Lightroom actually does all the work for you. 
Uh, and so I created the collection, you know, I kept going through all the photos that I had taken at that time. And I created this collection of about 80 photos from the 300 or so that I had taken. And, you know, just kind of laid out this book um, in, in Lightroom. And what's great about it is that you can actually go into Lightroom and into the book module, you see an image, you can click on the image and you can actually go back and edit it. So if you don't like it or something like that, you know, if you don't like the edit, you know, and so it was like a perfect thing for me. It was, it was almost seamless. Um, yeah. And, and so how many versions of the book were there before this version that you yeah to the world? There, so I, I printed one and then I, I didn't print any more, but I created like four more different versions and basically four more different collections. Um, and just kept moving things around and really trying to string again, this sort of narrative together, put like pictures together and stuff like that. Um, so basically it was, it was about four versions that I, that I kind of went through and, um, uh, and then, yeah, then, then ended up, I printed the, the book, you know, before that with the company. The next question for me is in those four versions, like what, who was involved, what was involved in terms of decision-making to make, make those changes and to get to that final version? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. I mean, so a lot of the initial stuff I did on my own, um, just because I, I was so still vulnerable and I wasn't quite ready to show everybody and, you know, talk about that. I'm actually going to turn this thing into a book. Um, and then, you know, my lovely wife and partner, I mean, she was there every step of the way, like, you know, maybe you should try this or maybe you should do that. Um, you know, and, and so she was very, um, uh, integral to, to the process, you know, and, and I think it's so important to have a second eye, third eye, a fourth eye, you know, uh, for, for photography, because, we love our own photos, you know, we think this is a great photo or this makes sense. And then to show it to somebody else, you know, and to have them kind of comment on it, um, you know, really, really helped me. And so I went through that process. And then when I printed the actual physical copy, I went to, um, you know, which I call um, kind of like my creative circle, circle, you know, and it's very tight. There's not a lot of people in it. And uh, I just went and showed it to them and said, you know, what do you think? And they, you know, made suggestions and stuff like that, too. So like notes and stuff on order on images that are in there that don't really fit or like what kind of feedback? Did you yeah. Get? Yeah. So it was a, it was a bit of both. And so actually what I ended up doing was I printed out, um, a, just a, a PDF, you know, print out a hundred pages on a, on a PDF, um, put them together with one of those binder clip things and, um, allowed people to use post-it notes. And so they were able to kind of, you know, write their, what they thought about it. And then I was able to take that back and sit down at the computer and make the changes, you know, or, or just, just look over the changes myself. Um, and again, that was just a, a, an important part of, you know, of the process. Um, what would you say was the um, biggest change that happened as a result of opening this process no. up to this creative circle for that feedback? Uh, it's interesting. I, I had to use less photos. You know, a lot of the early feedback was like, there's too many photos. And I'm like, that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like if everyone doesn't want to sit and look through, you know, a 200 page photo book, you know, of, of, of these, you know, similar photos over and over again. And so that was the early feedback. And so I slimmed it down um, and again, showed it to more people and, uh, you know, got it to the what, what I felt was at the right point and what my partner and wife, Melissa, felt was at the right point, uh, just the right amount of photos to tell the story. I think um, a lot of times the question might be like, how did you choose the photos that were in there? But yeah. what I want to know is how did you choose which of the photos that you love yeah, would yeah. not be in there? Yeah, it was, it's, it's like killing your darlings, man. It was hard. And then so I, I, you know, I was, I was, uh, 
I guess that's actually not. I was going to say I, I did a Kanye West, but that's probably not a good reference anymore. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that's not a yeah, yeah, that's not a good reference. So Steve James, who um, yeah. did um, Hoop Dreams, okay, yeah. talks about the same kind of thing of like you making this documentary, you catch this moment yeah. that you never imagined in your wildest dreams would be on camera, yeah. And then you look and say, does this push the narrative forward? Right. No. And he's like, he calls it killing babies. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, it's literally like is, this bait. I love the, this baby yeah. that's come into the world and and you're yeah. not part of the narrative. Sorry, cutting room floor. It it was it was hard. And so I mean, it, the the Kanye reference was the sense that like up until like a week before I was supposed to send off the printing, I'm changing photos. Um, you know, and so it was it was hard, man, and it is a very hard process. And but again, that's why I think that you should work if you can, you know, work with somebody else um, and, and ask questions for people and things like that. Uh, I had actually, so through our uh, company, Few of Many, we actually worked with a photographer named Andre Wagner. Um, fantastic, fantastic street photographer. And uh, I helped him lay out his first photo book and do his first two photo shows in New York City. And so I had some experience in terms of like editing down, you know, he had a, like a thousand photos. It was incredible uh, to, to, to go through that process. And so I saw what it was like for him, you know, to, to go through that. And uh, so it made, it made it a little bit easier. So his way. suffering, <laughs> major suffering, Chris, why you more bearable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, okay, yes, yeah, I guess Did so. Did you yeah. companies? Uh, you did. <laughs> this is, this is, this could, yeah, I, that, that might be a fact. Uh, no, I, I mean, fact, I think yeah. it's a really important thing to, to stress and really point out is you, you are going to have people who want to put out their photo book who do love all these photos and don't know how you can possibly leave this part out. I mean, yeah. even in terms of my writing, like one, I used to be so horrible. It's like a 500 page or word um article you yeah. know and i'm submitting literally two thousand words 2500 words and i'm like no all of it's important <laughs> and no like but you said this she said that and um you know but getting to that point where starting to trust editors and yeah i would see like wow you know what i do love that elaborate conversation we had but this shorter condensed version is better yeah yeah definitely and, and i mean i think and sometimes though you do have to be a little selfish you know in the sense that like some people will give you feedback mm -hmm. and it's not always the right feedback that's you true. know what i mean just because it's feedback right it, it, this their opinion that's their you know and, and i think sometimes as an artist you know you do have to stay true to yourself mm -hmm. um you know because to, for me anyway the art side of me if you will it's a release you know it's, it's not a business it's not a, like i have other businesses and other other ventures you know that i, that I work on you know this is a release and so sometimes, you know, I, I did get into not, you know, a little back and forth about whether this or that should go in there. And I think um, as an artist, that's, that's important, man, for you to, to, to say, no, you know what, I kind of wanted to put this in and this is why. Um, and so me ex actually explaining a lot of the reasons why certain photos were going in and the title allowed me to, you know, create the... Uh, actual verbiage for what I was trying to do because and, and it's interesting that way sometimes right as, as an as an yeah. artist like when you start to talk to people about it and even if you're debating about it you know the facts start to come out right and it starts you're like oh you know and, and so that 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 was also part of my process as well where I was like well why would you say that why do you think that and uh, so I think that's a really that I would seize on I think that's a really practical takeaway is yeah. that you're going to if whether you're gonna let something go from the book mm -hmm. or keep something in the book you should be able to explain why it's there not everyone's going right. to agree with that reason right um or get it but if you can explain it and yeah. 
why it's there or why it's not, then that's probably a pretty good filter. Yeah, I think so. And I mean, I think there's a, there are some artists who don't. It's like, oh, it's just going to go in there. You know, I don't care. But I, I am definitely one for, um, I call it debate, you know, but I mean, and I'm communicating, you know what I mean? Right. And, and just figuring out like, hey, I figured out, um, you know, what, uh, what I really want to say, you know, through that, through that little debate. And I think my wife and I, you know, we're, we, we, really great at that you know yeah. to be able to have a, a open dialogue and nobody gets angry or anything like that it's just really about uh, just getting the best work out there it's interesting because i hear what you're saying some empathy and thoughtfulness of audience mm -hmm. and even like that kind of human-centered design mm -hmm. principle where you're thinking of, like it's not just i made this i love these things i want to put this out but it's yeah. like you know there are 200 special moments mm -hmm. that you captured mm -hmm. but is that really going to um, be valuable to right. an audience is that going to be an elevated experience mm -hmm. or is it, you know the possibility of an elevated experience for the audience mm -hmm. going to be lost and just giving them too much right and 100 right i mean i think for me being a graphic designer being a minimalist being an essentialist if you will and you know one of my favorite graphic designers his name is Massimo Vignelli and um you know he talked about if you can design one thing you can design anything and 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 the reason why he talks about that is because he always put the the audience or the viewer first and so he's designed a lot of amazing things you know the JC Penney logo um, the Noel logo but one of i think one of his most interesting designs is the New York City subway map um, could you imagine like having to be able the person to, to lay that out? You know what I mean? And like, and so yeah, he could either laid it out and made it look beautiful, but it had to be practical too. Um, and so I think that for for me, my design influence kind of came in on on that side, where it was like I can't just put out a book just because I want to. You know, I never thought about. I actually have a shirt that's yeah. like the entire New York City yeah. map, and it's like. Or the subway map. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. It's an intense it's, It would be project. easier to design the Toronto one. I don't know if you see it. <laughs> <laughs> I have, yeah. I would say yeah, New York would definitely be, be the hardest. Yeah, Toronto or, or I mean, D.C. or Yeah, those those were probably would have been a lot easier. But uh, yeah, him designing New York and the way that he talked about it and articulated it was very, was very inspiring to me and my design. And the there, what's one thing that you kind of took from how he described it? It was, you know, really... The way that he describes all of his design about, you know, again, about it being practical and it, and it being functional, but also being beautiful, you know, um, it's to me, those are my sort of fundamentals, you know. And yeah. so, like, even, you know, the packaging on the book, the only reason that's there is because I knew I had to travel with it, you know. And so I was like, well, I got to find an, a, a bubble wrap envelope and I don't want it to be just some any bubble wrap envelope, you know what I mean? And And so that even was, you know, that... To me, it's it's beautiful because it's all black, which is something I I enjoy, right? But yeah, you know, I love how you yeah. have the like the numbers written, like yeah. fifty or fifty one, you know, kind of thing. I think that that was important, you know, as well. To like, I didn't want to put out a thousand of these things, you know, I really wanted to make it uh, sort of limited. And so, um, function, you know, is is important, but figuring out a way to make function beautifully or beautiful, sorry, is is something that I definitely took away from him. Um, I mean, now that we've talked about all the romantic parts of this. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about the parts that like nobody really likes to think about or have to do which yeah. is you have the photos you have the concept you have a few iterations you have the book mm -hmm. but getting it printed yeah. and marketing it and thinking about where it's going to go and making some of those kind of decisions and mm -hmm. all the work on that um how first question is what percentage of the energy goes into 
that creative side, yeah, conceptualizing it and executing it, and then to like getting it to people and sharing it and getting it printed and mm -hmm. financing that. Yeah, I mean, um, I, that's a great question because I mean, from this perspective now, everything looks romantic, right? And like, oh, you got this great book, and he's just cute little Instagram pictures he's sharing. All oh, this is great, um, but it was. The, the the hardest part for me, so it, it, it took me a year to come out with this book. Um, I had it printed last summer, and it was already together last summer, just um, pretty much as it is now. And I couldn't write the premise. I couldn't, like, I just needed three paragraphs, and I could not do it. I sat down, I tried, I sat down, I tried, I sat down, I tried, and I just I just could not do it. I could not figure out how to get my words, you know, and, and my my thoughts into these three short sort of paragraphs. And that's what took the longest. That was the hardest part. I mean, that might not be something hard for you, maybe. You know, so it's, well, I mean, I think writing is hard for... Yeah, I, no, I get what you're saying, though. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's one thing to have a vision of something, and it's another thing to articulate it. Yeah. And um, to get it to that point where you really feel like you're doing justice mm -hmm. to this work. Because yeah. I'm sure you had... Um, some versions that would have been fine, but they right. wouldn't have felt right. Right. No, it didn't. It didn't you know, it, and, it, and it and it never felt right. And I think that's what took me so long. It was like, well, I put this thing together. The photos felt right. The, the layout felt right. The, the the flow felt right. But these words were just not coming. Um, and so that's what took me one of the longest things to do. It literally took me twelve months to write what I thought was what I wanted to convey. Um, and then from there, it's the, the hardest, so all that, now all the creativity is out of the way, right? The photos are done. Book is, 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 is the, the, at least the first version is printed. Um, the premise is written. Now the, 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 the lame part is finding the printer, which was a very difficult process. And so originally I went to try to get it published by someone else. So I didn't know how to publish a book, never put out a book before. I've done a lot of other creative projects, but I've never put out, you know, in this before. And so I went to uh, email, cold, cold, cold email, a couple of people didn't hear anything back. I went to the, um, uh, there was a book fair in San Francisco that was all related to art books. And so I went there, talked to a bunch of people, you know, showed them the, the sample book that I had at that time. And, you know, n n nobody, nobody, I don't want to say nobody believed in it, but they were like, oh, that's cool. You know, like, what's your... Uh, what's your followers like? Right, it was a question. Right, right. I'm like, come on, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, what, what like, so it, you like the work, but you know, now it's on some like, or oh, how many followers do you have? And you know, so most people are like, oh, you know, you whatever, over a thousand people. You don't really have that many people. You know, we don't, we're not really interested in this. And so uh, that was another blow, right? To the, to the hardest we talked about before. And um, it went on, you know, that went on for a couple months and, and I just kept trying. And, and, and then finally, you know, my wife, you know, again, bless her heart. She was like, let's do it ourselves. And so she actually did a lot of the work in terms of finding the printer um, and finding the most cost effective printer. And how did you make the decision in terms of numbers, like how you were going to how many you were going to print on that? First yeah, run? I mean, I think it was between 50 and 100 yeah. was the, the original thought. And, you know, we kind of looked at the pricing model and said, well, you know, if we buy 100, we're not saving a whole lot of money. So let's just do 50 and just see how it goes, yeah. um, which I think is really important to creatives. You know what I mean? To, to you don't have to do a million. You know what I mean? Like just just maybe do 10 even, you know, just one even, you know, just to, to get started. And so, uh, you know, it was um, that part was a little bit easier where it was like, all right, well, 
I, I can I can deal with fifty. I can figure that. I got you know a, a decent amount of friends and family. Somebody's gonna buy this thing, um, and even if they don't, it's not taking up a lot of space. It's not the end of the world. Mm. Um, and so that's kind of how we reached reached the number end of it. And the decision to number them in terms of like as prints, mm -hmm. which I've, I haven't seen that before with a photo book. It might be mm. more common than I know, but yep. how did that decision come about where you've got these 50 and you're numbering each one? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm big in the limited edition things, much like, you know, a lot of other people. And, you know, I think scarcity you know inspires people to purchase things in, in in a lot of ways and i learned that through uh we used to have and actually still have we have a, a leather camera strap company called a7 and the first uh straps we did we only did 65 straps and we numbered each one of them hand numbered them put out a video of us like hand numbering them hand packing them and things like that and uh you know we sold out in two weeks and it was to me, it was so eye-opening. You know, it was like, wow, this, this, this is, you know, it's amazing. I didn't even think it, we were going to sell out that quickly. And I think that that scarcity, you know, really, really inspired people. Like, oh man, there's only 65 of these things in the world. Oh, there's only 50 of these books in the world. Um, you know, maybe I should get my hands on one um, before they're gone. It's interesting because I think there's also that intersection of like handmade and kind of the the craftsmanship in it. Yep. In terms of like we're touching this, we're numbering this, we're, you know, and really our hands are involved in this yep. and combined with the scarcity seems to be um, part of the formula for, for how you're working. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think it's still back to essentialism as well. You know, like, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to be mass market really in anything that I'm, that, uh, that I'm doing or anything that we're doing. Um, you know, I really enjoy niche marketing and niche markets. And I think with the internet, you know, and, and social media and stuff like that, you can survive, um, by being niche, you know, and I, there's a guy named Seth Gooden, who's a fantastic marketer. Um, you know, and he talks about, you know, finding your tribe, right. And, and, and the fact that you, now you don't need a million people, you know, you used to have to go get a commercial, you know, spend a whole bunch of money put this commercial out, try to sell, you know, a million mops or whatever it was. Right. And, you know, now you can, you can survive off of selling a thousand. Yeah, that's. I remember seeing that where if you do have a base of a thousand people who are buying and checking for and interested in whatever you're sharing with the world, yeah, like you can build an empire off of that. Sure, like, sure. I mean, it's it, it, or you know, you can even just make a living. I mean, if you yeah. sell something for a hundred bucks and a thousand people buy it, you know what I mean. And you let's say you you can maybe do that every month. Like you're, that's that's a pretty good salary in a way, you know. Yeah. And so. Um, and, and I think also with, with the internet, with production and things like that, costs are cut down. Um, you know, whereas if I were to do this 20 years ago or whatever, you know, like, and, and this, it wouldn't have been possible. Well, I think that your very first thing about Lightroom, like yep. just the fact that you can have this book put together by selecting this photo, these photos, you can go back in and out and edit it. Yeah. I mean, the process before would have been, you know, like going to the dark room, oh, put yeah. these things on the wall and then like, you know. Some of the images are shot differently and don't right, work right. together and having to go back and like rehash what film slides that on. And, <laughs> right, right. You know, so I wouldn't have done production it. Is huge. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't have done it. No, I, I would not. I mean, I, we were talking earlier uh, and uh, about film, but I just am not a I, I'm not a film photographer. I just couldn't. I, I don't know how people have that patience to be able to do that thing. And so, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm thankful that we're alive. Uh oh, yeah. is there this? No, no. She she sent me with the heaviest camera 
I've ever had in my hands <laughs> in a backpack to Germany, South Africa, um, because she wanted, she's got a dope project with film. Okay. Oh, got it. Sorry. I didn't, I should have said that before. I didn't mean to offend, I don't want to offend anybody in the audience. Well, no, like shout out, I mean, I think you framed it well. It's patient. You don't have to pay, shout out everyone with the patience for film. Amen. Yes. Cause I, I, I just, I don't, yeah, I've tried. I've tried and I was just like, you know what? I can't. And, and I like, I think it also goes back to my graphic design and being able to like critique something and, yeah. and, and change things and stuff like that. I like when I could shoot it, look at it and change it and, you know, and, and move on. I have two more questions before yeah. we just open things up. Um, wh what are the steps you're taking to get the book in front of people? Yeah. I think, and, and that you would, you know, recommend as maybe a suite of options that if someone has gone through the process, whether they've made one, 10, 50, mm -hmm. hundred of them, what are some things you would suggest people think about of ways to get the book in front of people? Yeah, I mean, I think these kinds of forms, you know, so this is kind of what I've been doing. I went to, did one in New York, did one in uh, Montreal, here in Toronto, and then I've got one uh, next month in July in San Francisco, and then looking for like some LA and uh, maybe some Portland stuff as well in Seattle. Um, to me, that's important to, and I know everyone doesn't have the means to be able to do that, but if you do, you know, have the means to be able to get out on the road, if you will, and, uh, you know, share your premise, share your art. And I know that to me was also one of the hardest parts, you know, to be able to be vulnerable. Um, I'm used to being a graphic designer and hiding behind my graphics in a way. I mean, in some ways it's art, but in a lot of ways it's not. Um, so I would definitely encourage people to get out there to their local creative spaces, their local libraries, their wherever anybody will have you, you know what I mean? And and to go out and, and kind of talk about, you know, what you're what you're trying to do, I think is, is a great avenue. Um, I've always done much better in a, in a physical space in terms of sales. Like when people see you, they hear you, they feel you, they feel that energy, you know what I mean? They're, they're more they're more inclined to support. Um, and then, of course, you know, the, the, the normal channels of social media, um, being able to push things out, you know, through that, um, I would encourage people to use all forms of social media, not just using Instagram or Facebook or one or the other. Um, and if you if you do have the means again to maybe explore um, Facebook's advertising platform is amazing. Uh, and it also goes for Instagram as well. And it's not terribly expensive for you to be able to try experiments and things like that. Um, we'll try that. Um, but yeah, I think that the best thing, man, is just, is getting out there like physically and, and, and trying to, to sell your book, which is hard for a lot of people. I mean, I'm, I'm lucky I'm gifted that I can speak and I can articulate. I'm not afraid of public speaking and things like that, but you know, um, I think it's an artist that like, yeah, you got to get out there and, and push it. I think, it, and it's a similar fear of like taking a photo of a person yeah. or asking them permission or just dealing with that, um, as now I have this thing, mm -hmm. I'm selling it. Here it is. This is what it's about. Yeah. And bringing that in front of people. I think there's a similar fear that a lot of creatives, a lot of photographers yeah. struggle with. And actually, I didn't really talk too much about that, but I did have that fear. You know what I mean? I think part of my getting out of the hole that I was in, you know, my sadness, depression or whatnot, you know, part of it was I needed to overcome another challenge. And so I definitely I'm, I'm, I'm not still not uh, super comfortable with taking pictures of strangers and stuff like that. But, um, you know, I think it's important to get uncomfortable. Uh, and especially as an artist, you know, because it, it's, it's, in my opinion, is if you, if you have any ounce of artistic creativity, uh, it's your obligation yeah. to get out there and, and, and to, to share it with the world, man. It's funny. My, my, this formula I've been thinking of is if you want to do it, 
and you're scared to do it, yeah. then you should do it. 100%. Like if you do, want to do it, but it doesn't scare you, or if it scares you and you actually don't want to, yeah. it's a no. But if you want to do it and it scares you, then... I like that. Yeah, Take the leap. So I'm thinking of skydiving. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. the, the last question for, that I have is, mm. um, you've gone through this process now. Obviously, hindsight is 2020. Sure. What would you tell yourself... Um, at the beginning of the process mm -hmm. that you know something that you know now that you didn't know then or also that you would if you were to do another book yeah um that you would do differently uh i think i would plan a little bit better you know i mean as an as an artist uh, a lot of the times we tend to procrastinate we tend to procrastinate because we feel like we need some sort of inspiration or some sort of fear to kick us in the butt and make it happen and you know i'm, I'm definitely um you know i am that kind of person um and so i procrastinated on on in terms of like the the, the marketing and the rollout and stuff like that and so i put together a little bit more cohesive marketing plan uh if, if you will um you know which i really don't have any excuse because that's you know what i do for a living in some ways and so um if i had to tell myself you know like i i would have started you know you and i what we just talked maybe last week or two weeks ago or something like that we put this thing together which was awesome but uh i think it would have started maybe a little bit earlier and and but again that was to me they say procrastination is also is is based is fear based um yeah i can see that yeah and so i was you know i was i was, I was fearful of again putting out this vision and like is it the people gonna like it i'm not sure and um so yeah i would have changed that and when you say plan more yeah uh, in addition to marketing mm -hmm. that plan anything else in terms of the planning that you, you yeah i mean logistics you know print so i mean we probably did this very backwards you know where we got the book printed uh i was going to maryland to visit some family and so i got the book shipped there i got other stuff shipped there um, we had to, you know, pack the books and, and put them the, together, you know, there in Maryland and then travel around with them uh, or whatnot. And uh, it almost we almost missed the the mark, if you will. Um, there's, it came like two days or three days before we were about to leave Maryland. Um, and so had that had happened, I would have been, you know, uh, excuse my French, but I'm fucked. <laughs> yeah. And so a couple all nighters of packing the books well and so it's only 50 so no, no, i won't i won't you know glorify myself or or, or melissa and, and say that we were up all night but you know it was it was stressful because you know i'm, I'm in the middle of my mom's living room yeah you know and there's a there's a five-year-old running around and you know he's like what, what are y'all doing this is this is you know my playroom and and uh with a cup of juice in his hand, yeah, like, yeah. Right oh, oh, watch out you know it's a white it's a white book don't don't yes yeah so <laughs> it was you know it was that part of it was stressful and then yeah, there's the logistics of it. Like even small things. I mean, we 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 brought the wrong bag, and the bag broke in the airport. That was amazing. Okay. Uh, yeah. So just you know, just things things like that. It, you know, uh, I would have I would have probably planned a little better. Yeah. And I think just closing on that, closing the thought on that is, if an artist is not that marketing person, like yeah, talk to somebody, connect sure. with somebody, find somebody mm -hmm. that can help you with. Okay, here's your rollout plan. Yeah. Where do you want to get this and can and it's probably worth it to, you know, put a little bit of money into um, if you, that's not your strength. Oh, yeah. I, somebody to give you that plan. 100 percent, man. And I think that, you know, people are, are friendly, man. People are amazing. Like once you get over the fear and I know it's tough because that's what I had to do. You know, like once you get over the fear and actually like reach out and talk to someone. Yeah. People will give you feedback. Yeah, for sure. Anybody want to jump in? I've, any questions? Anything we didn't touch? Anything you walked in wanting to hear, know, ask? Um, How much are you selling? 
Uh, they're 45 Canadian. Um, they are, uh, I think, 35 U U.S., I believe. Yeah, I got to look to my, my management over there. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, I felt that, you know, I wanted to, to price it fair, but, you know, still not price it so low that people are like, well, does he really even believe in it? Yeah. And, I mean, I think that's an important for sure. Does anybody have any fears that they want to share? I mean, and there's all creators in this room. I mean, is anybody stuck on something? No? You, what did you, trap star, you, no? You were know <laughs> smiling? No, I don't know. No, no. No, you, that smile was like, is Chris going to call me out right now? Yeah. He always yeah. calls me out. Yeah, yeah, because you <laughs> know, know that yeah. she's stuck on something maybe or, yeah. We just talking this. about yesterday. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, this is this is what we're here for. Um, so you went through this emotional process getting to connect with all of these people that are struggling. Um, you were in a difficult place. How did you walk out of this? Like now you're a different person. Yep. Um, how did it change you? What did you learn from mm. That's a great question. Um, I. I'm ecstatic right now, you know, the fact that people just understood my vision, you know, was, was, was amazing. And it definitely helped me lift me out of that, that dark place. Um, and then, you know, what I learned from these people again is, is, is just reinforcing the need for acceptance and inclusion, you know, reinforcing the need to have a conversation around, um, you know, accepting your quote-unquote fellow human um that's definitely something that was inspired but i think that now you know again hindsight is 2020 year later i'm so grateful and so thankful you know that i did this um i i i, I couldn't i just couldn't even imagine the, the the feedback that i've been getting it's just been just next level in terms of inspiration it's interesting because i think out of that question, I mean, I've experienced personally what happens when your work takes over and you don't have, you might have these creative talents, but you're not using them Yeah. where you talked about it. Like this was passion. This mm -hmm. wasn't like just, you know, you doing something for the job and you might be involved in creative decisions and creative work all the time, yeah. but not doing things that are like connected to the heart and mm -hmm. like, and really like you described it as release. You know? Yeah. Um, were you at a point before this where you were not making just for the sake of release? Yeah, definitely. I mean, so even going through this, the whole, you know, business relationship and, and, and the process of, of putting together, you know, the, the, um, uh, the new uh, business that we were getting at the time, you know, wasn't doing a lot of creative things. You know, it was much more on the business side of things, you know, on the, the business vision side of things. And so I wasn't taking a lot of photos. I wasn't actually my camera was it was dusty, you know, it was like in, in I don't even remember where it was at in our apartment, you know, and, and so um, that hole, if you will, inspired me to get back into art uh, for sure. And that, so would you say ultimately that partnership falling through and that big disappointment that kind of puts you in that um, heavy place that you were in, you would look at now as like kind of a blessing in disguise? Silver lining, man. 
for yeah. sure. I mean, and, I, and I've been through, you know, various things like that in my, in my life, you know, and unfortunately I lost my dad very early on. Um, thank you. And uh, I was 17 years old, didn't really know what I was going to do next. And I'm originally from Boyds, Maryland, which is a very small town uh, in, in, in Maryland. And uh, it inspired me to move to New York, you know, and that's kind of where my creativity and stuff like that started. And so I, I feel and it's hard. It is very hard, you know, while you're in it. But when you can look back, you can you can find, you know, that that silver lining. You can definitely find, you know, that that beauty and the despair, if you will, you know, um, and, and again, when you're in it, it's hard. No, but yeah. I'm not saying like, yeah, but it's true. You, you can definitely find there, it. There, two chains, um, was on that rapture documentary. Series that was, on, that was uh, amazing. I love, man. Yeah. Oh, that was so good. I love it. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> I've never heard from him in that way, but one of the things he talked about is like that he has so much to give musically because yeah. of so many painful things that he went through and he wouldn't want to go through that much pain he wouldn't choose that right but he's grateful now having gone through all of that that he can share something that has so much like behind it yeah because of it well the book is beautiful thank you um the story behind it i think makes it even more um beautiful than it is aesthetically thank um, you knowing that it's so connected to your own personal journey Thank you for sharing yeah. what this, like the fruition of this vision, uh, what it took to get there. Yeah. And hopefully a couple of people who are thinking <laughs> about making a photo book um, yeah. do as a result of you sharing. I hope so, man. And I want to thank you, Chris, for building this, you know, just giving me a platform. But also I know that you give a lot of other creatives platforms, you know, to be able to speak on, uh, you know, what it is that they go through and, and stuff like that. And and kudos to you, man, for, for doing this because I mean, we need more people like you more you know situations like this more spaces like free um you know and, and the creator class i mean i think that this is uh this is something that you know we know that we're going through some tough times you know when when you're seeing the uh, different people that we've lost you know unfortunately through, through suicide and things like that that like we need these forms yeah. we need to be able to have these conversations so i applaud you man thank you so much for for, for doing that I'll be in a part of this. Yeah, this yeah, intimate. yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. This is our intimate. Like, we, we should have a little campfire. Thank you for listening to this episode. You can find out more about Convene at watervision.com or on Instagram. That's W A T R Vision. Convene is founded and produced by myself, Chris Penrose, through Watervision Creative. Production, editing, and sound design of this episode is all done by Martin Agnon. We are going to keep these conversations going, so we will connect again on the next episode.